Hey, this is Jim. And Ralph. And we welcome you to uh, uh, a special version of uh, Psychology Takeaway, where we're going to really uh, drill down on uh, the, the month that is. Last month was uh, National Suicide Prevention uh, Month. This month, October, is national and, in fact, world uh, bullying prevention uh, month. And so Ralph and I are going to talk about, uh, about bullying, what we know about it. Right, Ralph? Right, and uh, I think it's fair to say, Jim, that uh, the bullying that we know uh, comes, first of all, from uh, being children ourselves of middle school age a long time ago and having some of the uh, the local uh, hard boys decide that we were ripe victims to, uh, to have things... Uh, Done to us that you know I'm pulling right. in, but uh, in our world at the time was just called being a kid. Right, being a kid, or uh, I don't know. I was thinking about bullying, and uh, with bullying, we have as first and foremost um, an unequal power exchange. So one person has more power over another, whether that's perhaps a high school person over a middle school person, a parent over a kid, uh, a boss over an employee. But as I was thinking about this for our talk today, um, I don't remember any of that. I just remember getting into fights with people. Uh, and, uh, you know, and where I lived on Ontario Avenue, the Ontario Avenue gang would fight with the kids from the drive and Forest Avenue. Then we'd all congregate together and have a fight with you and your friends in Biggings Avenue, and it was just sort of uh, what, uh, uh, savage warfare uh, with uh, you know 12-year-olds. And, uh, yeah, uh, territorial, uh, you know, uh, this is my block, uh, and, and we see some of that still in, uh, in some of the, the inner city gangs where, you know, you don't dare cross... Uh, wearing your gang colors from one block to the next for fear of being, uh, well, something bad happening to you. Right. Uh, but I think what we are seeing now and what people are talking about with uh, bullying is different from that. It's no longer, uh, you know, the, the, what are they, the, the cribs and the, the bloods, you know, uh, st- st- staking out, stocking out their, their uh, territory, but rather it's... Uh, People being rather nasty to each other, um, or people with power being nasty to uh, people who are uh, less powerful. Is that what you're thinking, uh, Ralph? Yeah, I think so. And and often, Jim, uh, this this happens uh, particularly uh, perhaps starting about middle school age uh, when kids really begin to begin to be sensitive to social differences, uh, like the kind of clothing that somebody wears or doesn't wear, uh, the kind of language that they use or don't use. uh, And this carries on both physically and now uh, since since kids are using... uh, the social media platforms so much, 
in the form of cyberbullying. Yeah, right. And uh, I think maybe we should um, uh, kind of look at the various types of bullying. You mentioned uh, social, yeah, and so there is social bullying, you know, excluding kids from groups, for example, or a group uh, attacking uh, a kid. I think of the movie Mean Girls, and we see you know, that kind of, uh, of um, social um, uh, bullying. Then there's um, verbal bullying, where we, you know, just say things that are nasty, and that goes along with a lot of the stuff on um, uh, cyberbullying. I have a, a website here that I'm going to put up with um, Learn More, and it's uh, 87 quotes about bullying. And uh, the first quote uh, if, is, a, is a good one. If you're insulting people on the Internet, you must be ugly on the inside. It's kind of an interesting quote, isn't it? But I think it's it probably is. right. Yeah. Now, so the, you know, the, the, the last kind of bullying is physical, you know, where uh, the bullies hit or uh, you know, in some way uh, invade the, uh, the bullied uh, physical space. And, you know, one of the things, Jim, uh, I had an interesting conversation yesterday with a uh, a guy uh, who brought over a, a new computer for me, and he was talking about one of his daughter, uh, who is 10, one of her friends, same okay. age, uh, and she was saying that she had been bullied a lot that week at school because uh, people were calling her um, fat and stupid. And he said that uh, she's about as skinny as a rail and she's at least as bright as his daughter, who is, according to him, very bright. So, you know, she's bright, articulate, hardly stupid, and not fat at all. But the fat and stupid kind of got to her, even yeah. though she knew they were not true. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, Ralph, because I had a client this week, an eight-year-old, and uh, she has been telling me about this boy who's been bullying her uh, verbally, and uh, he said exactly the same thing, that she was fat and stupid. Uh, and this little girl is about, as you describe, in no way fat and in no way stupid. Um, now, you know... It, could be, and we were talking yesterday, it could be that uh, little boys don't know how to talk to eight-year-old girls. And you had a Peanuts cartoon that you uh, recounted uh, uh, us with. Do you remember that one? Yeah, uh, Charlie Brown, who uh, has this crush on the little red-headed girl who's never identified in the strip by name, uh, says that... Uh, Yesterday, the little red-headed girl was standing beside me, and I really wanted to talk to her, but I didn't know what to say, so I hit her. <laughs> oh, yes, the, the innocence of Charlie Brown and perhaps the, the innocence of, of, of eight-year-old boys in general. But the stuff that, uh, that this little girl was talking about was you know, ongoing so that's another aspect of, uh, of bullying it just it's not a uh, a single in, uh, instance it happens repeatedly 
and it is meant to uh, meant to injure, meant to do yeah. do harm. You know, we when we were kids, Ralph, we had a saying. You know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Remember that one? Right. Yeah. And- We've learned now that um, uh, not all forms of abuse, you know, leave bruises, but uh, they're scarred. They're scarring there, nonetheless. Um, bullying comes up as one of the uh, the um, adverse childhood experiences. So, on our list of adverse childhood experiences, if you're bullied, you know that's something that is going to uh, maybe stay with you for uh, a long period of time, just as physical abuse will stay with you. Now, you know, we've talked about aces, and our listeners should go back and listen to the series on adverse childhood experiences because you know there is some hope for the, uh, the child who experiences adverse uh, uh, things while they're growing up but they they are things that keep on keeping on as we used to say back in the 60s yeah well you know and and uh, i can think of things that were said to me as a kid which uh I was able to disregard both as a kid and and through the rest of my adult life, assuming I've reached adulthood. And uh, I uh, I think of what was said, and um, it stayed with me. I mean, I still remember them. I can disregard them, but I I can still remember kids uh, because I read a lot and had a large vocabulary. and was an only child, so I could use it. Uh, kids called me Dictionary Dick, you know. Uh, and you had Coke bottle thick glasses too, right? Yeah. Well, that that was it. You know, I had glasses. I was uh, until I was about uh, oh maybe seventeen. I was pretty uncoordinated, and it was only. Um, getting into gymnastics and weightlifting and football in high school that uh, that helped me to learn how to be better coordinated to the point where I could play pretty decent tennis and cross-country ski and things like that, which I sure couldn't do when I was eight years old. Yeah, right. But when you were eight, did anybody taunt you because you couldn't cross-country ski? Uh, no, not really. Um, at that time, the the focus was on kind of uh, my general approach to uh, I don't know problem solving or talking about things that they felt were things that eight year olds didn't talk about or stuff like that. So, you know, I was. Uh, I was bullied in a way that was uh, different than just, uh, you know, the the Color Street Gang versus the Hilltop Gang, uh, which there was a fair amount of, and I can remember uh, carrying a a hockey stick out to uh, one of the Friday night fights that uh, was going to be my preferred weapon. Uh, Fortunately, nobody showed up. Uh, came to a gunfight and nobody showed up. That's yeah. that's good. Yeah, but you know, you and I have known each other for a long time, and 
I would not have guessed that any any taunts really would have stuck with you because my perception of you is that you've always had kind of a you know screw you attitude, and if you don't like what you see, you know, forget it. Yeah, well, that was partially developed because it was either take everything to heart and uh, walk around crying on the inside, or develop a, a thicker skin to some of the taunts that I got. And I think, you know, part of the problem um, with with bullying is that um, there may be some element of <clears throat> children not having uh, resilience to be able to say, that's not true, and uh, I don't care what you call me. Good point. You know, this conversation is making me think of, oh, maybe I have been been bullied. Because I remember being, I think, in fifth grade, and, uh, you know, my last name is Carol, and so what does, what rhymes with Carol? You know, no, not Christmas, a barrel. And so um, a kid named Bob, we will not uh, uh, reveal his last name, was calling me Carol the Barrel. And so I sat on him, and he stopped calling me Carol the Barrel anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, you had him, uh, if not over a barrel, at least under one. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, little girl that uh, I was telling you about, similar to the one that your computer guy was uh, talking about, uh, told me that uh, um, this, this third grader, uh, who had been in her, I think, preschool, and that was in a third grade with her, but in a different class, um, was was uh, um, taunting her. And so I sent a note to the principal. I just, uh, you know, her her caregiver came and, and was taking her back to school, and the secretary did a fast note saying that this little girl says she's being bullied. And uh, so... The caregiver brings the little girl back. Uh, it's a grandma. Brings the little girl back uh, yesterday, and I asked her, you know, has it stopped? And uh, she said, no, it hasn't. So I sent another note. But grandma said, well, the school says that nothing's happening. You know, do you think, you know, do you believe her? I believe this little kid implicitly. You know, so. Yeah. Um, and in this particular school, uh, I've had a number of of clients who have talked to me about the the uh, hostile, negative, uh, uh, bullying environment within the school that apparently the the uh, adults don't seem to see. Yeah, and one of the things that... Uh, when I was looking at some stuff on bullying uh, the other day, Jim, I, I came across a statement from... Uh, one of the people who was a parent of a kid who had been bullied, and the parent said, the schools don't care about bullying, they care about their reputation. Yeah, but how do you, how do you separate the reputation from bullying? Well, to me, the thing is that, you know, uh, it that comes when uh, sufficient people have, heard from their children that they're being bullied, and they go to the school uh, as a group, and they say, uh, do something about this, or we're going to the press. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I, I get you. So the uh, putting pressure on the school that way. Well, you know, I, schools are getting a lot of pressure put upon them uh, these days. No question about that. There was a report a week or so ago that uh, school board members are are uh, hesitant to show up at meetings because they have to deal with pretty unhappy people. But that's another that's another uh, psych takeaway. But yeah, yeah well, there's. A lot of stuff out here about making schools more responsive, and uh, I'll put that one of those up under uh, uh, learn more, you know, as well. Things that uh, that schools can do and parents can do with their with with their schools, because you know, the the overall uh, uh, effect is that it becomes a, uh, a a toxic. Environment. You mentioned uh, cyberbullying, or you know, we've had this week where uh, uh, a whistleblower from Facebook has been talking about the fact that Facebook and Instagram know that they are uh, generating toxic environments, but you know they're more after money than anything else. And another here's another quote from that uh, at the quote uh, site: uh, "Be an encourager." The world has plenty of critics already. I like that one. Yeah. Well, the other thing, Jim, that uh, you know, we can't we can't pass this by since we've segued from uh, National Suicide Month to uh, to uh, National Bullying Month. There have uh, even a cursory search of the internet shows up. Um, a number of instances where uh, people have, children uh, have committed suicide because they've been physically and mentally bullied at school and then cyber bullied so that they can't get away from it to the point where, you know, the, the kid who's literally a middle school student in sixth or seventh grade ends up saying, I might as well not be here. And they right. take steps to make themselves not here. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty ugly. But the ones that I found most disturbing, and I've seen uh, two or three uh, news films of this where the news uh, folk investigating this have found camera video from... Uh, from children, uh, and there was one that uh, that I found really shocking. Um, it was a, a young man who was, I think, in sixth grade, and he's, uh, as kids go, he's a fairly small boy, and there's another kid who's in eighth grade who, as kids go, is a very large boy, and he comes up behind the littler kid smacks him in the side of the head, blindsides him so he can't see him, uh, drifts him in the side of the head, then grabs him, turns him upside down, and drives him into uh, a concrete parking lot uh, head first. Now, be an ouch. The cops come, the kid's unconscious, his neck is twisted kind of funny, everybody figures he's dead, Turns out he survives. He's got uh, 
He had a fractured skull. He had some permanent ear damage, but he survives. But, you know, the cops come and they investigate it as a murder. The girl in Florida that I mentioned committed suicide. Uh, the, the two girls who were the primary uh, cyber bullies uh, were arrested uh, for, for homicide. Now, they, they escaped uh, uh, adult penalties, but, uh, you know, I think what's happened is that in our world, unlike the world where you and I grew up, uh, bullying has taken on a, a much more ominous coloration. Yeah, no question. I'm thinking about um, um, my one of my universities. You know, two of my universities are playing football today, and it looks like one of them is going to win, <laughs> which is better than any. I was Rutgers, and uh, that I was thinking about, and I remember a few years ago um, there was a, a young man who was. Uh, uh, caught on video uh, performing a homosexual act uh, it was put up by his friends you know you have friends like that who needs enemies right on Facebook and uh, you know he ended up uh, uh, committing suicide and killing himself and Monica Lewinsky talks about this and she also talks about the bullying that she experienced after her uh, uh, I guess testimony in the uh, uh, Bill Clinton impeachment uh, hearings. So I'll put the, uh, the Lewinsky uh, uh, TED Talk up, too, so people can, can hear it. I have a question yeah, for you, Rob. We haven't and that's, talked uh, about that's this before. Hmm? It's an interesting thing, Jim, that you know uh, we've been focusing now on uh, the difference between big kids and little kids, the difference between... Uh, the kid who, for whatever reason, is picked on by a group to be their their victim, and so you've got one against many, uh, and and that's children. But bullying uh, carries on in some cases into adulthood. And I was going to ask you to reflect upon that. So, you know, even though we're not in our uh, palatial university studio, we're using uh, free conferencecalling.com, you um, must have picked up on my, my vibes because I wanted to talk about this power thing uh, and, and bullying with something that I think we have not, you and I have not talked about before. But remember, is it Westboro Baptist Church? Remember that one? Yes, Westboro Baptist Church, yeah. They used to come on campus here at Central Michigan University and kind of set up shop in the mall and then yell and scream at people uh, and uh, uh, call them all sorts of not very nice names uh, and uh, impugn people who uh, were showing too much flesh to uh, repent, etc. So there was a TED Talk by a woman who... um, Left Westboro Baptist Church, and uh, you know, I was there's a if you go into TED Talks and put in bullying, there are about about eight talks that come up. But 
this particular talk came up in the, the, the bullying list, and it sort of caught me you know, aback. I wasn't sure, but, but exactly that's what it is, isn't it? Well, when you think of it, I mean, this is a woman who, uh, at the age of 20-something, left uh, Westboro Baptist Church, but she had been raised in the church, and at the age of four, uh, sort of, you know, able to walk and, and hold up a sign, she was part of her parental group uh, and her sisters who were going to these things like took place at Central and carrying signs and picketing people and and telling people that, uh, you know, repent before you go to hell and, uh, you know, your conduct is scandalous and wrong, bad, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And in that case, I think you could say fairly sincerely that uh, it was her family group who bullied her into that set of beliefs. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, but then she passed it on, her, her bullying to, to other people, until at some point, and I'll have to go back and listen to the, uh, to the TED Talk again, and I'll put it up uh, under uh, Learn More, just to see what kinds of things um, uh, jarred her enough to uh, uh, to change her behavior, to to actually split from the from the group, uh, which is a very difficult thing to do. And we have not talked about cults in a long time. And I'm not saying that that, that was a cult, but you know we do have see people who are um, uh, in cults uh, with terrible things happening to them, and they're you know unable to leave. So she did leave. So have to, that's that's going to be a a, a TED worth uh, looking at again. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the things, Jim, that uh, is true, we're we're almost getting to that point now with such a dramatic split in uh, who and what people believe in uh, politically and socially and so on that right. many people are are finding that they have actually uh, ended up, quote-unquote, divorced from their family because a part of their family believes things they don't, won't accept that their beliefs are genuine and, and made in good, good faith and good understanding, and they themselves cannot understand why their parents, uncles, aunts, siblings, whatever, believe the weird stuff they do. So I I think part of the the situation is that uh, we're seeing people polarized to the point now where where they're willing to bully their own family into either acceptance or quietude about a difference in belief. Okay, good good point. Oh, by the way, Ralph, how do you like my tinfoil uh, uh, covered uh, hat I'm wearing today? Oh, I think that's a good thing, Jim. Uh, yeah, the tinfoil beanie is is a wonderful thing to keep out uh, noxious influences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my word. Okay, we've we've looked at at you know bullying, and you know the schools have have talked about 
you know, anti-bullying programs and things like that or teaching kids to, to be resilient. Here's another one of those quotes. Instead of teaching uh, kids to learn how to deal with bullies, how about we teach them not to be a bully? Because one of the things that I was, saw as I was looking at some of the, the research is that not only do ACEs uh, attach to kids who are uh, bullied, but uh, sometimes the, the bullied becomes the, the bully. And so we have this, this uh, cycle of you know, what goes around, comes around, and comes around, and comes around, and comes around. And we see this elsewhere with, with trauma. You know, we see this with, with uh, things like uh, you know, uh, uh, being abused as a child. So you know, why shouldn't it, you know, we make yeah. the same generalization to, uh, to either physical, social, or, or verbal abuse? Well, and you know the thing, Jim. I think, and this is this is the key to to that is that uh, people who are are bullied tend to end up feeling powerless, and then when they get away from the group that is immediately bullying them, their natural tendency is to say. Well, when that was happening to me, I felt powerless, so I'm going to grab some power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you can grab some power by doing a lot of stuff, but one of the temptations, because it's what you know, because you've lived it, is to say, I'm going to make that person feel really bad. Mm -hmm. Because I know how to do that, because they did it to me. Yep, I know how to do it, because they did it to me. Uh, a, I have a picture here on these quotes, and uh, it's a, an Asian uh, male uh, named Jackie Chan. Uh, is Jackie Chan like? Does he have a clothing line, or is he um, in, in a restaurateur? It's a name that rings a bell, but I can't. I can't. He's uh, he's a martial artist, uh, and that was his original claim to fame. But he's been in a bunch of movies where he plays kind of uh, a comic role and he's he's able to use his martial arts in a, in a funny way. Okay. Well, here's his quote. I allowed myself to be bullied because I was scared and didn't know how to defend myself. I was bullied until I prevented a new student from being bullied. By standing up for him, I learned to stand up for myself. That's pretty profound. Yeah. And, and you know, I saw a stat that um, usually uh, uh, people who are bullied are bullied within a social context. And uh, in one study, about oh, almost 60% of the onlookers uh, intervened and um, the bullying stopped. So, you know, you know, we we you and I have talked about some of the uh, uh, research that was done back in the the '60s about bystander effect and how people, you know, are don't want to intervene or are afraid to intervene. But in this particular case, one person can make a big difference. Like in the, the yeah, and, thing. and one of the things, Jim, that uh, uh, comes out of the 
the Kitty Genovese case where she was stabbed, uh, and there were a whole bunch of witnesses who were looking out windows and saw this right. happening. Right. But the, the classic thing is that if you see somebody uh, who is being made a victim, either verbally or physically, and you're by yourself or with one other person, you are more likely to intervene than right. you are if you are with a, a group of 20. Yeah, it's that, what, is it, what do we call it? The diffusion of responsibility, right? Yeah, because yeah. I don't have to do it because somebody else certainly will. I don't have mm-hmm. to call 911 because somebody else certainly will. Yeah, and, uh, and again, I guess that goes back to the idea of personal responsibility and personal um, what personal power in, in some way that that we do have the power to intervene, uh, even though we perhaps have been told that that's not the case. Yeah. Well, you know, this is after you know our work with suicide last month and, and bullying this month. It doesn't look like we've got a lot of up topics here in psychology, but uh, there must be something that we've got <laughs> to, to, to look at in the uh, not too distant future. That is kind of uh, um, a lifter upper. You know, we we can go back to um, well, last week we were talking about positive psychology and the good vibrations, and uh, we we could end with me singing good vibrations, I suppose. <laughs> well, I think Jim, one of the things that Uh, that we might want to look at is uh, the importance of uh, getting positive social groups in our lives. And for a long time, uh, probably the widest spread uh, social group was one or another variety of of church. Mm -hmm. Uh, and today we have we have less of of that because people are increasingly saying that they don't uh, even though they they turn themselves uh, religious or believers they don't say they belong to any organized church but i don't care whether it's um, a hunting and fishing club or uh our bowling club or a woodworking club or whatever it is, uh, it is important to uh, to be in in some organizations uh, and you know Rotary Lions Club. Those things that do good uh, are are recommendable. Uh, but let's let's maybe go and talk about the positive effects of positive social experience okay that sounds sounds good we can uh, we can do that i was thinking about you know your your uh, uh comment about you know organized religion you know i go to a pentecostal protestant church which is very unorganized <laughs> i'll probably get me kicked out for that nah they won't <laughs> but yeah uh having having positive Social contact is is good. You know, um, one of the things that I look forward to uh, each week is uh, 
meeting with you and getting our coffee or donuts and sitting down in front of the microphone and and talking for a while and uh, I'm not sure that a lot of that goes on uh, in uh, the lives of a number of, of people uh, I, yeah. I could be wrong but uh, you know, I spend a lot of time listening to people who are talking to me about their problems you know I spend a lot of time trying to solve problems but just Sitting down, well, like we did yesterday at your house, uh, you, Karen, and I just sat down and we we talked for a while, and solved the world's problems, right? <laughs> we did, and <laughs> if only we could find somebody to listen to us, uh, it would all be easy. It would, <laughs> no, no question. Well, okay, so we'll we'll move in this direction. We're going to move in the direction of looking at, I don't know, what would we. we See, I almost want to. I almost went with antidotes to, you know, this current age, but that then gets it back into that, you know, negative context again. So we're going to talk about positive approaches to uh, social growth. Does that sound good? Well, yeah, that sounds good. Or uh, how to find an end to loneliness. How to find an end to loneliness? Wow, that's that's huge because of the number of people who. Talk who say that they are uh, they experience loneliness even in the midst of a university that's got twenty five thousand people on campus. Okay, Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like sounds like we've got a direction, and uh, I hope that our our listeners are um, signed on for it. Um, we've got gotten a lot of uh, good feedback from the uh, uh, work that we've been doing, Ralph, and I, I think that's sort of sort of neat. Also, and uh, but if you have any feedback, negative or positive, positive or negative, you know, let us let us know. Let us know what uh, topics you would like us to uh, kind of drill down on, and uh, we'll put it onto the uh, onto the playlist. So until next week, this is Jim and Ralph saying, "Keep your stick on the ice, because we're all in this together." together. <laughs> bye bye.